0: Today we are going to talk about getting wise with our four-letter word, work. Isn't work sometimes a four-letter word? <laughs> you know, I have you guys seen the TV show, I think it's off the air now, but Mike Rowe's um, Dirty Jobs? You seen that show? Mike Rowe goes around the country and does some of the most disgusting dirty jobs in the country. Well, I had one of those jobs. While I was in college at Colorado State University, I got a job. I was a communication major, but I applied for a job at Lab Animal Resources. And I got it. Okay, so I took care of the animals in this lab. Hundreds and thousands of mice, rats, guinea pigs, all sorts of animals. And my job was to take care of the animals, make sure they're fed, watered, have clean cages there, or whatever. And that was good. That, was a, that wasn't so tough, although when an animal died, it was kind of stinky. But besides that, that was, that was pretty easy. But in every two-month period, I would have to take two weeks and work only cleaning cages. So they put us in this one big room, and thousands and thousands of cages would come through this room every day that had to get cleaned up. So we would scrape the poop off the cages. We'd spray it down. You had to have a mask and goggles on. You had to be covered head to toe because literally poop would be flying everywhere. And sometimes it would even hit the fan. (laughs) It would, literally. And some of these uh, animals were being tested with some out-there diseases and viruses. So when the cages were brought back there, they had to be put in an autoclave, which is a giant oven. And they'd put in a a hundred of these cages in there, and they had to be heated up to 450 degrees for four hours. And then they'd come out so you could get burned, and and you're just like covered head to toe. There's water flying everywhere. And then there'd be the, the cages You know, from from some of the animals, the pee would stick on there, so you had to spray it off with acid to get the urine that was caked on there off. So we're spraying, scraping, acid's going everywhere, poop's flying in the air for two straight weeks of this. And what was even worse is the smell would stay with you like a week after you were done working in there. It just stays in your nose hairs, just stays with you. I had one of those dirty jobs. I had one of those dirty jobs. So I know some of you in here say, Matt, I have one of those dirty jobs. Work to me is like that. Some of you work with middle schoolers and it feels the same way. I'm kidding. I love middle schoolers. But sometimes we have those jobs and it feels dirty, feels difficult, it's tough, it's arduous, and yet we have to keep going back every day. Work can be a four-letter word. And it seems like we're only, like the song says, working for the weekend. It's like you just have your job so you can get out on the weekend. We're just working for the weekend. Or some people are saying, I owe, I owe, so it's off to work, I go. You're only working to pay off your debt. It feels like, oh, I just got to work. You have to work, right? The reality is that in our lives, we spend a large majority of our waking hours at work. And somehow Christians have gotten confused and they think that Sunday morning for that hour that we're here together is the only thing that God cares about. But God has a lot to say about those 40 plus hours during the week, too. He has wisdom. He has teaching for our work as well. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So this is a little bit of a challenging message. And what I want you to do is think about whatever job you do. Maybe you have one of those dirty, disgusting jobs. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're a CEO and you still have to deal with poop, right, of your employees. Okay, whatever your job is, there's these difficult things we do, and I want you to listen today with that lens. What's my job? What's my work? Maybe you're retired, but now you found yourself doing new jobs. You're volunteering somewhere, or you're taking care of the grandkids that you weren't expecting that. We all have different jobs you play. Or maybe, maybe you stay home and work harder than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Whatever your work is, I want you to think about... This lesson from that lens. Because we all have different jobs that we do. And as we're going to see in the Proverbs, there's really two different types of people. Proverbs often says this, hey, there's two different paths where you can go and you've got to choose the wise one. Choose which one you want to be. And when it comes to work, there's two different types of people that Proverbs lays out. The first is the diligent person. The diligent person that's working hard. So... So that's one type of person. You can choose to be that way. Or you can choose, on the other hand, to be a sluggard. This is a word that shows up again and again in the Proverbs and is only found in the book of Proverbs. The sluggard. The person who says, hmm, I'm not going to work hard. I don't want to do that. So we're going to see these two different paths laid out before us with the six points we have for this morning. So we're going to need to choose. It's, and hopefully you will make the wise choice. And here's a hint. Choose Diligence. Choose to be the diligent person, not the sluggard. But there's six different things, and we're going to fill in those blanks, whether the diligent does this, the sluggard does this today. So our first point is that the diligent have it hard. They have it hard. It's difficult to be diligent. It's hard work. Yet on the other hand, the sluggard has it even harder. The sluggard has it even harder. Proverbs 12:11 says, Those who work their land will have abundant food. But those who chase fantasies have no sense. Fantasy, okay, that's your dream, okay? A lot of people have this dream of what they want to do with their career and their job. When you're young, you say, oh, someday I want to do this. And some of us do get to do those dream jobs that we've always wanted to do. But even if you do, which a lot of us don't, when you do get into that dream job, you realize, hey, (laughs) it's not a fantasy, is it? There's hard work involved. No matter what your job is, even if you love it and have wanted to do it your whole life, there's a lot of hard work. There's toil. It's difficult. There's hard work for those who are diligent. Um, I, I saw this mug the other day, this coffee mug. And it says, when work feels overwhelming, remember that you're going to die. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? Sometimes work is tough. A lot of times. We've got to wake up. We've got to get after it again. Again. But it says that those who work their land will have abundant food. Now, working the land, if if you were a farmer in ancient Israel, this would have been tough. You would have to try to wrangle an oxen if you had one or a donkey or a mule and you, you put the thing on top of them and they pull the plow and, and they have to go all the way across the field and you're guiding them the whole time in the hot sun of the desert and then you plant the seeds, you go out by hand and then you have to bring the plow back over it again and then you have to wait months and months before you even see anything come out of it. You've got to protect it from animals that are going to try to eat your seed. So it's saying, hey, that diligent work, most of us aren't farmers, but that diligent work that those farmers have to do, that's how you have abundant food. It's tough. But the sluggard, sluggard has it even harder. In Colossians 3, Paul is addressing slaves. And there's this interesting passage. He says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now, a lot of us have tough jobs, but we weren't property. We aren't property. We're not owned by someone else. But he said, even if you're a slave and are required to do the most menial jobs, Paul says, do that for the Lord. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to be diligent. But that's what we do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You know, not only is it tough to do this work, but there's also a burden of responsibility on you when you start working. Because then you've got a car payment, you've got a house payment, you've got kids to take care of. There's this burden that's put on you. So you have to keep working, right? You feel that burden the longer you're working. I've got to keep working. I've got to save up. I've got to have enough money. But the reality is is that burden will actually help us. It's hard. But it's important. One pastor said that men are like trucks. They drive straighter with a heavy load. Okay, sometimes having that burden on you will actually be better for you if you have that heavy load on you. On the other hand, what seems to not make sense, but it says the sluggard, the person who isn't willing to work hard, has it even harder than the diligent. Proverbs 15, 19 says, The way of the sluggard is blocked with fear thorns. But the path of the upright is a highway. So which path would you choose? Walking through the thorns, getting cut up, bloody, dirty, walking through the thorns or riding down on the highway? you get your convertible, got the top down, your head, the, the wind in your hair. Oh, that doesn't, don't you want to be on the highway? But it says the sluggard, because they've allowed the thorns to build up, there's weeds everywhere, it, it's tough. Their path is even more difficult than the person who's worked hard. Because they've let things slide and slide and slide and then there's even more work to do. They procrastinate. They put things off and then, oh my gosh, how can you get this gun? You can't. There's thorns in the way. It's difficult. Or you haven't worked very hard and you've lost your job. Then it's even harder to go out and find another job and then you have to explain why you have this gap in your employment history and it makes it even more difficult. So, it, it seems that it doesn't make sense, but it does. If you're diligent, you work hard, but if you're a slugger. You're going to have end up working harder in the end. So which path are you going to choose? I hope that you choose the path of diligence. There was a Gallup poll a few years ago that said only one in eight workers is psychologically committed to their job. Only one in eight people are saying, I'm there. I'm with this. I, I want to do this work. I'm committed to it. One in eight. And I hope that we will be the diligent person. That one out of eight. It's a challenging word to all of us. It's going to be hard. But if you don't do that, it's going to be even harder for you. So the second point, if the diligent have it hard and sluggard's even harder, the diligent make plans. Sluggard's excuses. To be a diligent person, you're going to have to think ahead. You're going to have to plan for the future. But a sluggard, on the other hand, says, no, no, I'm going to make excuses. In Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. It says, just look at an ant. You can study an insect and you can learn about diligence. Ants don't have a boss telling them, oh, you better do that or, or you're going to be fired. They don't. They just work hard and they work hard collectively. They work hard collectively. And it says they plan ahead too. They're saying, hey, we've got to get food in the summer so that we'll have food later, right? An ant knows to do this. So we, if we're going to be diligent with our work, we need to plan ahead. So whether it's a specific task that you're given, a project you're working on, or, or your career in general, you've got to plan ahead. You, you've got to think, those of you who are young and you're, you're students, you, you need to think, hey, I'm going to have to go through a lot of school probably to learn the skills that I need for the job that I want. It seems like, oh man, I could just work right now and earn money. Oh, that seems nice. But no, sometimes you've got to work harder and plan ahead so that you can make The money that you want. You've got to plan ahead. That's what a diligent person does. You know, a lot of people, when they have emergencies in their life, it it can be the situation that happens. I've definitely seen that. There's a situation that happens in your life, but sometimes it's just a failure to plan. uh, And the failure to plan is planning to fail. We have to plan ahead, and this means that we're going to have to store things up like the ant. So sometimes you've got to work hard and say, I'm not going to spend my whole paycheck. Oh, it would be so nice to get those shoes. I want those kicks. But I'm going to save up instead. I'm going to store it up. And there's different wisdom in our world how many months you want to have saved up. But we need to have something saved up. We've got to plan ahead so when the emergency does come, because it will, we're ready. The diligent person does that. And next week we're going to talk about money. Did I scare anybody off? Come next week and you'll learn some wisdom about the money that God has given us. So we do need to save up. We do need to plan ahead. So that's what the diligent person does. On the other hand, the sluggard makes excuses. Instead of planning, there's always some reason why they don't have the money. They, they can't do the job. Proverbs 26:13 says, A sluggard says, There's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. As a door turns on its hinges. Don't you? I like this image. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. There's a lot of images in the Proverbs for this sluggard. It, you're supposed to visualize this person. The, the first one it says there's a lion in the road. Now, Proverbs doesn't say if there actually is a lion in the road. There might be. There might be a, a fierce lion out there. But what, what it's saying is that the sluggard will make any excuse to not go out and work. They'll find any reason to say, hey, I can't do it right now. This isn't working. I've got to do this because there are things in our life maybe even real things like there could be a lion in the road but that still means we have to figure out a way to go around the lion get out there and take the longer road perhaps as the door turns on its hinges can you just imagine that image they're tired they're exhausted they've been working hard the the night before baby was screaming all night so they don't want to get up out of bed they're just like that hinge turning over in bed that's what the sluggard's doing it's another excuse I'm tired It's another late night, another 4am morning heading off to work. I don't want to do it. There's all sorts of good excuses we can come up with. And the last one it's the funniest one. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish and is too lazy to bring it back up to his mouth. Even eating is too hard. This is supposed to be kind of funny. We're we're supposed to see this and say, hey, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be the sluggard. So there's going to be a million reasons. There's going to be a million reasons in your life why you don't work on that skill why you don't go to school some more why you don't work hard there's going to be all sorts of things that come up but we need to say hey I'm not going to make excuses I'm going to make plans that's what the diligent person does and the third point we have today this is interesting because we're talking about work it says the diligent person rests the diligent person rests but the sluggard rests too much too much It is important for us to get rest. In Proverbs 23 4 and 5, we read, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Um, We need to not wear ourselves out to get rich. It is wise to rest. If we're talking about work, you need to work, but also take some time to say, hey, I'm just going to take time off. I'm going to take a day off. Did you know that God took a day off? If you read Genesis chapters 1 and 2, I mean, this is God we're talking about. Omnipotent, all-powerful. He breathes and he speaks and the whole universe is brought into existence. And yet he works for six days and said, ah, I think I need a day off. Did he actually need a day off? No, he's God. But he did it to show us how we are supposed to work. You work hard six days and then take a day of rest. This is important. This is why it's even one of the Ten Commandments. Take a day off. Sabbath. is supposed to be holy. We need to take time off. Bonnie Ware is a palliative nurse and she spent um, her whole lifetime sitting at the bedsides of those who were dying. And for 12 years, she recorded the last words of these people that she was working with for 12 years. And she wrote up a book about it. And she found that there were five regrets that people had at the end of their lives. Five regrets. Number two, do you know what it was? I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Taking rest, taking time off is important. That's what a diligent person does. They say, I'm going to take off a day in the week. I'm going to take a vacation even. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to spend time with God. Because taking rest is important to being diligent and being a hard worker. So if you own a business, it's difficult. I remember being in Nebraska. I was a pastor there for five years before coming here and everything in the community was around farming so either they were farmers they worked on a farm or they somehow connected to the farms it seems like everybody there and it's difficult in farming because there are really only two times in the year that you can make your money planting and harvest you do some work the rest of the year but man you only have a limited time frame in the season to plant your seeds and then you have a limited time in the fall to harvest everything that's been planted if, if the summer comes too soon, it's too late to plant. If the winter comes too soon, it's too late. You can't harvest anymore. So you have to hit it hard when you're working in the spring and the fall. Some of you have also jobs that are seasonal and you know that. Okay, there's this time that I have to work hard. Well, I realized pretty quickly. I realized pretty quickly that the farmers that said, I'm going to take a day off to go to church, to let my employees go to church, they were putting themselves at a big financial disadvantage. It's hard because you want to be competitive. You want to make more money. But you're saying, no, I need to rest. This is a big challenging thing that God has for us, but it's really important. We should all be like Chick-fil-A, right? Take a day off. It's important. And for some people, it isn't necessarily on Sunday, but it's important to take a day off to rest, to take time to say, I'm not going to work right now. They've actually done studies and found that employees are more productive if they take breaks, if they take rests, if they take vacations, if they have a day or two off every week. You're more productive than if you had just worked around the clock. Resting is important to being diligent. And that verse in 23.4, it said, Don't wear yourself out to get rich. Because this money that you're saving up is going to be gone. Just wait until you have kids. Wait until you have grandkids. All this money you saved up, amen. It's just gone, right? It's just gone. There was one uh, man in Nebraska... He was a dentist, worked hard his whole life, saved up all his money so he could build his dream house. And they were building it, it was perfect, and right as it got finished, he died of a heart attack. Our riches are fleeting like that. So why are we working so hard to wear ourselves out for something that will be gone? 1 Timothy 6, 6 and 7 says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can take, can't take anything with us when we leave it. Came into the world naked, you're leaving the world naked. You don't ever see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Why are we wearing ourselves out? No, we should take time to, to rest. But, don't rest too much. Isn't that what we learned from the sluggard? Proverbs 20.13 says, Do not love sleep, or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. So you rest, but not too much. We take time off, but not a ton. Yes, we have those night shifts and we have to go back and do the night shift again. You don't want to. You don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, but you've got to do it. You're going to lose sleep sometimes. You're going to lose sleep when you have a baby, I found out. But that still means you've got to go to work and work hard. Drink more coffee. So that's the third point we learned, that... A, a diligent person rests, but not too much. The fourth point is that a diligent person, the diligent are satisfied. But the sluggard is hungry. They grow hungry. In Proverbs thirteen four, it says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. When you are diligent and when you work hard, there's something satisfying about the work that you have done. When you finish that big project for countless hours into it and you're done, that feels so good. At the end of a long week dealing with with a difficult situation and you finish and you're done, that feels good. You're cleaning cages for eight hours a day and you're done. You get to go home and you feel good. You've put in a hard day's labor. And it's not just because of the paycheck, although that helps. But you work hard. There's a satisfaction to it. Now, I, I saw Jerry Seinfeld on Conan O'Brien's late night show uh, not too long ago. And he was talking about his kids. And you know, he always makes jokes about the absurdity of life. And he, he said, you know, it's crazy that my son loves Legos. He's like, what is this? I, I buy you this box and you work hard and put together a truck. He's like, I could go and buy you a put together toy truck. But why does the kid want to put together the truck? Because there's something satisfying about working. It's why kids like Legos, why they like blocks, why they like dolls and putting clothes on a doll. That's work, right? It's why as adults, for our hobbies, we do things like woodworking and art. We work around the house, work in the yard, work in the shop. We, we, we work on our time off. Some of you golf your time off. That's work, I'll tell you what. My opinion. But we do that. With our time off, we're working more we're working more why do we do that? because there's a satisfaction in working there's a satisfaction in doing a job well done that's why there's a certain dignity that comes to a person that has a job that it's such so important we want everyone to have a job because there's something dignifying about working hard about working hard and that includes I want to point this out this includes people that stay at home that, you know, that are stay at home watching kids or grandkids that's a really tough job it's a tough job but you're working and there's a satisfaction that comes with it. Your appetite is filled. So if you're like, well, hey, some of you in here are nearing retirement or in retirement, you are to say, well, I don't have the same career that I had. But there's new things that you kind of find. You, you feel like, OK, now I'm volunteering somewhere. Maybe you're saying, hey, I'm going to go serve as a missionary for a year. I can do that now. I don't have something tying me down. Or you're going to say, all, all of a sudden, I'm going to take care of these grandkids. You're working still. You're just doing it a little differently than you did before. But there's something satisfying in even that work. On the other hand, the the sluggard goes hungry. Proverbs 12, 27 says, The lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. They're not out there. And There's something satisfying, working hard and going hunting. That's another thing that people do. They go hunting. People used to do that to survive. (laughs) But you go out with your time off and you go hunting. But there's something good that comes out of it. There's spoils. There's something that you can eat at the end. That satisfy you. But if you're not willing to put in that work, you won't be satisfied in the same way. You'll go hungry. There's a really challenging section that talks about work in Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul said to that church, he said, you ought to follow our example. We are not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. There's hard work if you want to be satisfied. I had one man in Nebraska that would come regularly to ask for help or handout or money or whatever. And we helped him out quite a few times. But one day he came and I was just trying to decide, okay, well, we just helped him out a couple weeks ago. And he he said, you know what, I'll, I'll mow the lawn, the church. And I thought, okay, sure he's willing to work and I said okay let's we'll have you go mow the lawn I got a lawn mower I'll bring it out he said never mind I was just kidding well I didn't help him that day because it says if you're going to work then you'll be satisfied there's something that we all contribute some of us can't work in the same physical way that, that others can but we all contribute something that's what's important because if you work then you are satisfied if you don't then you go hungry so that's the fourth point the fifth one is that the diligent find freedom. The diligent find freedom, the sluggard poverty. Proverbs 12.24 says that diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Now, we don't have forced labor in the same way they did in the ancient world, but some of us think that if we have a boss over us, we're working for the man. It's not for us that we're almost like indentured servants. But the reality is that when we do work hard, even if it is for the man... We have way more freedom than the person who isn't willing to work. Because that leads to poverty, and poverty is difficult. It's tough. It really is like forced labor. Um, when you're able to work hard and own your own home or own your own vehicles, there's a freedom to that. Proverbs 24:30, on the other hand, says, I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense, Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. If you're not willing to work, all of a sudden you realize, I'm out of money. I can't do the things I wanted to do. And that is more like forced labor than it is the freedom of even working hard all week long. I remember when I first got to college... Um, I had saved up some money in high school working and then I got to college my parents are here today. (laughs) I don't know if I told them this but my freshman year of college I went to concerts I spent money on whatever I wanted to ordered pizza at 3am in the morning well by February of my freshman year all my hard earned money that I had saved up was gone uh oh and I wanted to keep doing the things I wanted but now I had no freedom so I had to get a job and work hard even though I was going to school the full time so that I had some money (laughs) to pay rent to do the things that I wanted to do, pay bills. But that's what it takes. You've got to work hard if you want freedom. If you want freedom or else, you'll find poverty, which is like shackles. The sixth point today, our sixth and final point from the Proverbs is that those who are diligent are honored. They're honored. But the sluggard is shamed. Sluggards are shamed. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says... Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. When you work hard and you develop a skill and you become an expert at something, you will gain people's respect. You will gain honor. It says you will serve before kings. You'll gain prestige, a reputation. There's an honorable thing that comes from being a good, diligent, hard worker that knows a skill. If you've read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers... The book, um, he he studied the people that were like the most successful in their fields, the Beatles in rock music, um, Bill Gates, software engineering. He studied these people and he found that all of them had put in about 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours of hard work on a skill before they became the expert in their field. 10,000 hours. That's how much work, how much diligence it takes if you want to be honored. But when you do that, you'll find, wow, people respect me because I put in the time I've studied I've worked hard Thomas Edison said I never did anything worth doing by accident nor did any of my inventions come by accident they came by work you don't stumble upon honor you work hard for it you work hard for it so we should be challenged to develop a skill and if you're like Matt I'm not academic I'm not athletic we all have a different skill you might not be business savvy but you can do this other thing so well Develop that skill. Become the best at it. God says if you do that and you work hard at it, you will be honored for your work. Proverbs 10.5, on the other hand, says that he who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. To not work when you need to work, which the harvest time, like I've mentioned before, was a very important time to work. If you don't do that, it will be a disgrace. You need to work hard if you want. To receive honor. And the honor we receive is not just from other people, it's not, but it's from God too. God wants to honor us, and, and He wants, He's pleased when we work hard for Him. I, I read the first half of Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 earlier. It said, Whatever you do, work at it with all your hearts. And then verse 24 says, Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. God wants to reward you for the job that you do. When you work hard in the week, he wants to reward you for that. Maybe difficult. Maybe feel like you're not getting any honor from other people. No respect from your boss. But God says, I want to honor you. And I will honor you. There's a reward waiting for you. If you work hard in your job. In your career. So that leads us to our big idea today. I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Our big idea today is that God cares about every day, not just Sundays. He cares about every day, not just Sundays. It's not about just coming in here and worshiping God. That's important. Keep doing that. We want you to worship God on Sunday mornings, but it's not just the hour or two that you spend here on a Sunday. It's about every day. God cares about that, and He has wisdom for you. So that you can get diligent, so you can, can find freedom in your life, so that you can find um, a way out of poverty, so that you can be honored by what you do. In fact, what you do in the week is worship, if you do it for God. It's not just singing songs. Your career, your work, your hard labor is worship. Romans twelve one says, I urge you to present your bodies, your physical bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, This is your true worship. And in 1 Corinthians 10.31, it said, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Do everything for the glory of God. Martin Luther King Jr. in one of his sermons said, If it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, Sweep the streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, Here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, because God cares about every day, not just Sundays. So will you get wise about your work? Will you choose the path of the diligent? or of the sluggard. Now today is uh, the the first Sunday of the month and we take communion together. We're going to do it a little bit differently than we have done in the past for those of you who have been here before. We're going to pass out the bread and the cup and we're going to all take it together. So I want you to hold on to it. We're going to take it together as a family, as a church, together. And the band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in a song through this as we respond in worship. But as we do this, as we come to the bread, as we come to the cup, I want you to think about Jesus' work. Did you know that Jesus was a hard worker? He was a carpenter. So for over a decade, he worked with his hands, laboring. Maybe he was a craftsman. We don't know if he worked with wood or stone, but he worked hard. And then he began to do the ministry God had called him to do. What's really interesting in the book of John... In the Gospel of John alone, 27 different times, Jesus is referred to as a worker or someone who is working. 27 times. Jesus said, My Father is working, so am I. Jesus was working, so that's what he did when he healed people, when he loved people, when he gave time to preach to them. And then he did the ultimate work, didn't he? The job he did at the end was difficult, but his boss said, This is what you're supposed to do. His father in heaven said, I want you to go to the cross. And Jesus did it willingly. He did the most excruciating, difficult labor that anyone could ever do. He died on the cross for our sins. And it's that work that we remember when we take communion together. Let's pray. God, we we come to you this morning, um, and there's been a challenging word as we talk about work. We know that sometimes we do become that sluggard. That we're not living or working the way we should But Lord, I pray that you would just challenge us and encourage us to do better, to be diligent, to develop skills, to plan ahead, to find the freedom and the honor that you have for us. And and Lord God, as we come to this table right now, let us remember your work. Your work on the cross. Dying for us, bleeding for us, being broken for us. That we might be forgiven and that we might be able to give back with our lives right now, with our our, our voices as we sing, with our work throughout the entire week, that it might bring glory to your name. pray this in Jesus' name.